Tonight's recitation, as we heard, Surah Yasin was recited, and just as a point, it's one of those surahs where the imams have to be more on, uh, on God, because the whole masjid also knows the surah. So if you stop too long to breathe also, you might get uh, some assistance from the back, and alhamdulillah that wasn't the case. But uh, if the imams want to prepare a, a notebook on the events of Taraweeh, I think that can also be prepared. One is this type of, you know, interaction from musallis. And another thing is, respect to brothers, is the belching in Salatul Taraweeh, and burping. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam heard a person belching and burping loud. And he said, Aqsir min jusha'ik. You should lessen this. فَإِنَّ أَطْوَلَ النَّاسِ جُوعًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَكْثَرُهُمْ شِبَعًا فِي الدُّنْيَا because the person who will be the most hungry on the day of Qiyamah are the ones who eat to their full in this dunya. So the month of Ramadan, as the Shaykh Rahmatullah wrote, is not to rearrange our meals. Having lunch after Maghrib and after Taraweeh, having our supper and Seri is early breakfast. So we just rearrange our meals and we're still eating the same amount and we're still filling our bellies to the full. Uh, this should be avoided. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us understanding. Especially when a person eats after Maghrib and he and then drinks, and then all the activity of the ruku. Every time he comes up, you know, he, when he takes that deep breath, and it also affects the imam because the imam doesn't know if somebody is saying something behind him. That's, if, a, if a sound emits from there, it sounds like somebody is uh, saying something. Surah Yasin is the surah which Rasulullah has encouraged us to recite. In some ahadith it is mentioned, Rasulullah states, that the person who recites Surah Yasin, Qudiyat Hawaijuhu, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fulfill his needs. And this is why it has been a practice by our parents, grandparents, our elders. Whenever there's a need, they recite Surah Yasin. And the Surah comprises of, of many verses related to Tawheed, belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and uh, also how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring one back to life. There's an incident in in the surah, in the end of the surah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَضَرَبَ لَنَا مَثَلًا وَنَسِيَ خَلْقًا This was revealed when one of the mushrikeen, is somebody talking very loud in the back, can you lower the voices, brothers? The brothers can go talk outside. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَضَرَبَ لَنَا مَثَلًا وَنَسِيَ خَلْقًا and this happened when one of the mushrikeen came to Rasulullah with a dry bone. And he crushed the bone. And he said, Who will give life to these bones once it has disintegrated and turned to dust? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse gives a reply. But Allah doesn't say, Say to them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give it life again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have said that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave a very beautiful response. For them to contemplate. And this is the objective of the verses and touching on some of the verses after Taraweeh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Say to them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that that being who gave it life the first time will resurrect it and give it life a second time. So when a person, when that bones have disintegrated in a grave, we should reflect and think that that bones belong to an individual, a person. That person was born from two parents and the components of his existence were found in both his mother and his father. The mother and the father, the 
whatever was required to form that fluid which was the main ingredients for his existence or her existence, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created it from the blood which was nourished by the sustenance and the food that the, the father and mother were eating. The, the, the cereal we had, the rice came from, from Bangladesh or the, or the meat came from another part of the country and a sweet you ate came from overseas. You ate badam that somebody brought from Mecca. You ate kajur that came from Medina Munawwara. All these things were scattered and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought all those ingredients into a morsel of food that your parents were eating, your mother was eating, father was eating. And then at the fixed time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you existence. He brought your ingredients. And in fact, if you go further, the rice which might have been growing in the rice paddies in, in Bangladesh needed to be sustained with water, with the water of that land. It needed to be sustained with the sunlight. It took an effect from the moonlight. All the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which affected the things that we eat. So some part of your existence was scattered in the universe. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought all that together and he created you and his bones are in one place and you're asking how is he going to come back to life? Who can bring that back to life? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought into existence from non-existence, scattered ingredients, Allah brought it and brought you into existence and gave you a perfect uh, form and shape. Now when everything is in one place, you're asking how is he going to come back into existence? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ that Allah who created it the first time he is the one who will give it life a second time in Surah Yasin also there is an incident of the famous uh, person whose name was Habib al-Najjar in the beginning of Surah Yasin there was uh, a city towards which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent prophets the preferred view is that there were prophets that were sent two of them were sent people continued rejecting their message and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a third prophet to assist him. And this was the city of Antioch, Antakya, which was one of the, the, the primary uh, bases of Christianity. In any case, the people rejected the message of these prophets who were sent to them. And there was this individual, Habib al-Najjar, who was a carpenter. He accepted the invitation and the message of these. And he somehow came to find out that because of these prophets giving da'wah and inviting towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the community has now rallied against them and they're planning to assassinate them and kill them. So he tries to speak to these people and tell them that listen to what I have to say. These are the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not do what you're intending to do. And eventually he is murdered. He becomes shaheed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't mention the details of that in Surah Yasin. But what is mentioned is It was said to him, enter into Jannah. And this is why the Mufassirin said it refers to him reaching the level of martyrdom. When he is in Jannah, he now has compassion and concern for his nation. Even when he is, when we say he's reached Jannah, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Barzakh, in his qabr, shows him the reward of Jannah because the ultimate entrance into Jannah is on the day of Qiyamah. So it doesn't mean a person enters completely into Jannah, but sometimes a shaheed, as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says in a hadith, a shaheed is sometimes given a tour of Jannah. Shaheed is sometimes placed in a vessel which flies in Jannah and they are shown what they will enjoy once they enter into Jannah to make their time in Barzakh more comfortable. But the ultimate entrance into Jannah will be on the day of, of Qiyamah. So he was given the glad tidings of Jannah. But then he said, Ya layta qawmi ya'lamun. How I wish that my nation, that same nation that transgressed and turned against the Anbiya alayhi if they only knew what they are doing. 
and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven me. And respected brothers, this is a message from every shaheed in this ummah, which will come also and which came in the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored a person who is a shaheed, one who is martyred. And the first category of martyrdom is a person who dies defending Islam and his blood is spilled and he, he, he is martyred in that particular way. However, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also asked his companions, can you tell me who is a shaheed, who is a martyr amongst you? And they said, the person who passes away, what we know is the one who passes away in the battlefield. Then he said, in my ummah there will be very few because the ummah, the numbers will increase but the, the battles will not be that many for every part, every ummati to participate. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that al-mabutun, a person who passes with a stomach or an internal ailment, is also a shaheed. Al-gharik, a person who drowns, is also a shaheed. Al-hariq, a person who passes away in a fire, is also a shaheed. A person who passes away in a crushed injury, like something falls on him or in an accident, is also a shaheed. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept all these devils of shahada for the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the point which I want to highlight here is that because we have Iman, we understand that if somebody passes away in a particular accident or somebody passes away in, 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 uh, as a shaheed, which we hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we should realize that the relationship between us and them is maintained. It doesn't end with death. This is the, the difference between us and people without Iman. When somebody passes away, we don't believe that now, okay, now it's finished, there's no, there's no relationship between us anymore and they're gone and how am I going to live? And this is why if a person doesn't focus on this reality, they go into a depression and some people become suicidal and becomes problematic. And I always give this example that the example of our life in this world is like that of the hujjaj. Inshallah the hujjaj will be starting after the month of Ramadan. May Allah make us amongst them also inshallah and open the doors of the Baytullah for us. So the hujjaj, especially previously, there would be those people, you know, the old days, they would go for the long package. They go immediately after Ramadan and they stay till after hajj. And then you get the people who are busy and they manage to go for hajj. They take the last flight, which goes on the first of the hijjah with Saudiya, and they land in Jeddah and go straight to Mina and they, they do the hajj. But everybody meets in Arafat. So some people take the earlier flight two months before hajj. Some people take the later flight. But everybody has to be there in Arafat. Similarly in our life, there's a father, there's a mother, there's a wife, there's a child, there's a husband who has passed away. And perhaps the parent feels that, that uh, I should have died before my child. But these are just flights. The bookings have been made already. And all of us will meet on the day of Qiyamah. So a shaheed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they are alive. The person who is a shaheed, Allah blesses them with a special life. What type of life Allah alone knows because we are in this realm, we cannot understand the reality of that. He says, Such a life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is blessing them with risk and sustaining them. So it's not just an imaginary life like the rest of the people in, this, in the Qabrstan. They also respond when you make salam to them. Not only that, a special type of life. Sometimes Allah preserves their bodies and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them a special favor. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, especially for those people who lost family members or who lost friends or who know of people becoming shaheed in the different parts of the world that we see happening, whether it be in the Middle East or wherever, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conveys a message from them. You know, sometimes when a loved one passes away, then the family members think, I wish I can see a dream, you know. 
If I can see the, the, or the wait, maybe a, a, somebody will see a dream and, and say, you know, I saw them in a dream and alhamdulillah they were happy. And these are also glad tidings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But better than a dream is a message that Allah conveys in the Quran because its authenticity is unquestionable. You can never doubt it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The one who is shaheen bima atahum Allah min fadli. They are completely elated and happy with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon them. And they send a message to you and I. They send a message with bishara, with glad tidings, to their family members and their friends who they left behind. So you don't have to see a dream. What is the message? That although it seemed as if this person passed away in difficulty, that their blood was spilled, they passed away in an accident, or they burned, or they drowned. But the reality is that in a world where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has got no fear for them, there is no grief, there is no anxiety. And they send another message of glad tidings that we know well that we have been blessed with more favors from Allah and bounties of Allah. And also remember, Allah will never allow your reward to go to waste. The believers reward and their sacrifice will never go to waste. And this is why another verse which was recited in the last part of Taraweeh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the reward for sabr without hisab. And in the hadith it is mentioned that uh, the people of salah will be called. In other words, people who are known for salah. And they, were, they, they had a good quality of regularity with salah and nafal salah. They will be called, they will give hisab on the day of Qiyamah. And then people of, of sadaqah will be called, they will give their hisab and they will... Then the people of sabr will be called. People who are tested and who had difficulty. And in this world we, we think that why is everything just coming on me? Why is it happening to me? Why all this? Why is the ummah suffering? But the system of Allah doesn't work the way we want it to work, respective brothers and sisters. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will summon the people of sabr, those people who became shaheed defending Masjid al-Aqsa, those people who were defending Islam, and those people who were defending their deen, and they left, lost their lives. Outwardly it seemed that it was brutality and they, they suffered, but there was no suffering when you ask them. They will be called, and then they will be told, okay, the, the hadith states that for every amal, the scale of the person will be brought forward. Now when the people of sabr are called, the malaika will say, there's no need for their scale. There's no need for their scale. And that's the meaning of this verse, أجرهم, the reward for sabr is without hisab. At that time, Rasulullah says, when the rest of mankind will see the favor of Allah on these people who seem to be downtrodden and in difficulty and suffering, they will wish that their bodies were cut with scissors in this dunya so that they could attain a similar reward to those people who observe sabr. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this beautiful deen, respected brothers. We should not uh, take effect from events that happen in the dunya. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went through the most type of difficulty. The most type of, of taklif was given to him. He lost his children, he lost his wife, he lost his uncle, all types of support around him, his best friends, the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Ja'far, his cousin, the person who resembled Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the most. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa lost him. The Sahaba would go and he would say, Ya Mu'adh, you are going now to Yemen, when you come back you'll find my grave. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa entire life displayed one of 
fortitude, being strong, being firm, and knowing that this life is temporary. We shouldn't attach so much importance that if something goes wrong in our lives, we become so miserable and depressed that we do not know where to turn to. There's always a way to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and take solace from the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the examples of, of the Anbiya alayhi salam, examples of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so that we take comfort from that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the understanding. So in this last few days of the month of Ramadan, we should reflect and see in our lives what are the things that we require to, to reform and improve on, insha'Allah, and make an effort to continuously make dua and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to instill within us those qualities which will keep us firm on deen and not allow us to slip and move in a direction which displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the understanding. As we usually conclude our gatherings with the advices of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to recite the shahada, istighfar, and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for jannah and protection from the fire of jahannam. And also remind one and all to renew the intentions for the obligatory fast of Ramadan for tomorrow, inshallah, thereby receiving the maximum reward for the fast, inshallah. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله أسألك الجنة ونعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله نستغفر الله نسألك الجنة ونعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله نستغفر الله نسألك الجنة ونعوذ بك من النار الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم أعنا على الصيام والقيام وغض البصر وحفظ اللسان ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم تب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين الحمد لله رب العالمين